Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, February 15th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York tri-state area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm Emma Murphy. And here are today's headlines. New York City is declaring social media as a public health hazard for youth mental health. And as WFUV's Morgan Johnson reports, a new lawsuit will seek damages to combat depression and anxiety tied to these platforms. New York is the first city to take action against social media platforms with a lawsuit to protect youth mental health. The suit was one of Mayor Eric Adams' priorities in his State of the City address. We're facing a serious youth mental health crisis. And it is up to us as parents, as city, and as a society to take action. The lawsuit was filed against five social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube. The city is seeking financial compensation for the over $100 million spent yearly on mental health programs. Adams says it would use this money to counteract the rise in anxiety and feelings of hopelessness amongst youth. The city is seeking data from the tech giants to aid in their new social media action plan, which would advocate for new state and federal policies and study the long-term effects of social media on youth. Adams says the priority is health over profit as he follows through on his mission of protecting the health of all New Yorkers. I'm Morgan Johnson, WFUV News. Governor Hochul is cracking down on shoplifting. The plan is to create a new task force that unites state, local, and federal law enforcement. Hochul says this will prevent repeat shoplifters from flying under the radar when they go to a different location. The proposal suggests giving $45 million to the initiative, $5 million of which would be used to install new security devices in stores. The governor hopes to get the plan passed along with the state budget on April 1st. Connecticut Governor Lamont is responding to a federal funding gap for low-income families. WFUV's Laney Nguyen has more about his plan. Connecticut is issuing $17 million to cover a gap in federal funding from the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program. The program funds Connecticut's energy assistance program to help low-income residents afford to heat their homes in the winter. This year, Congress blocked any additional funding for utility assistance, making it the lowest year of aid since the winter of 2018. Governor Lamont says that this program is important for families and fixed-income residents, so he'll continue to ask Congress for more funding next year. I'm Lainey Nguyen, WFUV News. Fewer Americans filed for jobless claims last week, and employment numbers are remaining at a healthy level despite unusually high interest rates. That's right, Emma. The Department of Labor says applications for unemployment benefits fell by 8,000 last week, a signal that more Americans are finding jobs. The national unemployment rate is currently 3.7 percent and has stayed below 4 percent for 24 months straight. It's the longest streak of its kind since the 1960s. While the numbers are solid on a national level, experts say COVID has changed how we can understand the stats for one troubling reality. Many people left the workforce post-pandemic and simply have not returned. Though most companies are expanding right now, economists say the tech and media industries are currently the most susceptible to layoffs. Valentine's Day is over, and a tattoo shop is already helping New Yorkers find a new partner for next year. 43% of people say dating someone with a tattoo inspired by an ex is a deal-breaker. So Tinder is collaborating with Inked Tattoo in Chelsea to sponsor a limited number of free tattoo cover-ups. 
anyone looking to get rid of their ex-inspired tattoo can apply for a free cover-up through Friday at inktwice.us.com. An Oklahoma radio station that once refused to play Beyonce's new country single is reversing course, and it's all because of the Beehive. It all started when one fan sent the station an email asking for Beyonce's new hit, Texas Hold'em, but KYKC declined their request, saying, we're a country music station. The twist is, Texas Hold'em is being promoted as a country single, and it has a very different sound compared to other Beyonce music. Take a listen. A screenshot of the email exchange ended up on social media, and it caused a stir. Beyonce's loyal fan base then bombarded the station with thousands of requests to play the song. KYKC eventually caved, and Texas Hold'em has been played many times since. And now it's time for sports. WFUV sports reporter Ben Oppenheimer joins us now to give the latest in sports from New York City and beyond. Thanks for joining us today, Ben. Thanks for having me on, guys. So let's start with last Sunday's Super Bowl matchup. Can you walk us through your key moments from the big game? So first off, the Kansas City Chiefs won in overtime against the San Francisco 49ers, with the final score being 25-22. to It's only the second Super Bowl ever to go to overtime, and it was the longest title game to date. And while that part is exciting, the game got off to a slow start. Neither team scored in the first quarter, but the 49ers got out to a head start in the second quarter with a 10-3 lead. Then in the third quarter, the Chiefs created some post-halftime magic and went to field goal clear of San Francisco. The game was 13-10 Chiefs heading into the fourth quarter. The Chiefs and Niners had back-and-forth lead changes in the fourth quarter, but a late Chiefs field goal tied everything up at 19 points at the end of regulation. In overtime, the 49ers were able to kick a field goal to open scoring, but the Chiefs responded by driving 75 yards in 13 plays, converting two third downs and a fourth down to set up a first and goal on the San Francisco three-yard line. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes then passed to wide receiver McCole Hardman for the game-winning touchdown. Mahomes won MVP, and Kansas City became the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since Tom Brady's Patriots in 2004. It was their third win in five years, showing the continued dominance of their franchise and a potential football dynasty in the making. And although the Super Bowl win was a proud moment for Kansas City and the local community, tragedy struck at the Chiefs' championship parade. Yes, on Wednesday, 22 people were injured as a mass shooting broke out at the conclusion of the parade. One person named Lisa Lopez-Galvan lost her life. She worked as a DJ at KKFL, a local radio station in the city. Multiple Chiefs players offered their support and condolences for those affected by the shooting, as Kansas City is grieving in light of the tragedy. Police are still investigating three suspects, two of whom were armed. It's such a tragedy. We'll be thinking about the victims and their family and praying for their healing. Let's move on over to baseball. Spring training is gearing up. So what should we know about this year's baseball season? The Mets and the Yankees are both preparing for the beginning of spring training, the prelude to the regular season, as they continue to train down in Florida. 
Spring training is a time when young prospects can get their feet wet in the big leagues, and star players can get a few reps in at the plate and on the field to help shake off the rust heading into a 162-game season. The Mets and the Yankees both play their first games of spring training on Saturday, February 24th. The Mets play the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Yankees face off against the Detroit Tigers. This time of year is always an exciting time to be a baseball fan, but let's talk about basketball. It looks like the Knicks are issuing a rare protest to a foul call given by a referee at the end of a recent game in Houston. That's right, Jay. The injury-riddled Knicks have filed a protest with the NBA regarding their recent loss to the Rockets in Houston this past Monday. The game ended quite anticlimactically. With the score tied and only a few seconds left on the shot clock, Rockets guard Aaron Holiday put up a shot as the clock was set to hit zero, and Knicks guard Jalen Brunson rushed to block the shot. Brunson was then called for a foul despite little contact between the two players. Houston then won the game on free throws. NBA officials later admitted that it was a bad call, but this admission wasn't good enough for the Knicks. If the Knicks' protest is approved, they will play five minutes of overtime at Houston, with the game most likely taking place in late March, before or after they play the San Antonio Spurs. Knicks fans shouldn't hold their breath, though, because it's unlikely that the protest will be accepted. Only six out of 44 protests in NBA history have been upheld, the last one taking place in 2007 in a game between the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat. Something to keep an eye on for sure, Ben. Ben Oppenheimer is a reporter with WFUV Sports. Ben, thanks for coming on. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for the latest news, exclusive interviews, and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm Emma Murphy. And that's What's What.